Welcome to another episode of Inside the Passion of Music and Art, Rhythm and Voice. And by rhythm and voice, I mean finding the rhythm of your life. And if you go back to the Music and Art episode Genesis, Karen B. Davis, the photographer, uh, she just said it quite well. She said that she believes when you are in the flow of your life, wonderful things happen to you. And when she said that in the episode, you could just feel uh, the vibration of, of her belief, like how strong, uh, how strong it was. So what we are going to do in this episode uh, the Rhythm and Voice really focuses on the youthful core of expression. And uh, by youthful, I mean not necessarily age, but where does something begin? Uh, it begins with uh, an intention, and where does that intention come from? And how do you express your your voice uh, from that place? Intuition. Some people call it intuition. Some people call it gut. Some people call it street smarts. It varies from time to time. I remember my my first experience with intuition had to do, I was in kindergarten, uh, some girl asked her mom to call my mom uh, to see if I wanted to come over and have some warm cookies, chocolate chip right out of the oven, and then see her cat give birth uh, to these kittens. Well, uh, her mom was like, you know, she thinks the kittens are going to be born on this day, but, you know, I don't want to get his hopes up. And, and you know, my mom told me, and I'm like, you know, I'm all about the cookies, man. So, you know, kittens, I was like five years old. I was all about the cookies. And I went over there, and uh, I had these great, great chocolate chip cookies with the chips just melting and I was licking my fingers and Becky was her name she grabbed my hand she pulls me into her mom's bedroom and lo and behold I watched the birth of these kittens so when I left I was a little freaked out because I didn't understand how she knew that the kittens were going to be born on this day at that time after school when I went home. So I was a big uh, comic book uh, fanatic and I love Spider-Man. Um, so I immediately thought that this girl and her family must be like aliens or something. <laughs> yeah. Like they must be from someplace else because no one can really predict the future like that. So uh, that was kind of like my first and so I kept going back over there for chocolate chip cookies and ice cream and whatnot <laughs> like once a week and I would kind of look for the uniform for like the space outfits and I was just trying to figure it out. Uh, so what happened after that was I really wanted a kitten. And my mom, who grew up on a farm in South Carolina, I mean, we were living in the city in Greenwich Village, and she came to the city to get away from the farm life, away from the animals. She wouldn't have it. She said, absolutely not. They wanted to give me one of the kittens. So I, uh, I was crushed. Gotta say, I was really disappointed. But a couple of weeks after, there was a neighbor who lived on our floor 
Her cat sitter wasn't available. She was going to go away for a weekend. So she asked my mom if uh, I could look after the cats. And I was like, she was like, yeah. So I got paid for looking after her cats. And after a while, people started calling me. And I started making all this money. And I was, you know, walking dogs. So by the time I was like eight years old, I was rolling in it. I mean, I didn't even have a piggy bank. I had a big old glass jar. So I could see like the money like build up in it, build up in it. And what did I need? I mean, I was a latchkey kid. My mom was working, single working parent. So I'd roam the street of the village looking for the best pizza slices and the best ice cream. So, and just I started to build my comic book collection. All right. So one day, I think I'm about seven or eight. I'm on uh West 3rd Street between uh, Thompson and Sullivan, there was a Carvel on the corner of Sullivan Street. And I went there and I got a vanilla cone with chocolate sprinkles. And I just sat there and I looked at it and I just like waited until the first drop of vanilla ice cream came off of the cone with the weight of the sprinkles to bring it down. And I used to call them like runaway sprinkles. And then I would just like go in for the lick, like, <laughs> like you're not getting the And then I play a little game. So as the, you know, it went around, I would just, anyway, I felt and I know uh, the other participants here probably have had the same experience, but I felt someone looking at me or, or, you know, someone who was paying attention to me or something. And this is New York City, Greenwich Village, it was crowded, a lot of people there. <laughs> and I look up and there's this man who is, he's a short man, he's across the street and he's looking in my direction like a, like a German short hair pointer hunting dog. That's creepy. Just really creepy. And I'm, like looking up, but you know, I'm like seven or eight, and I look over my shoulder this way. In the way, zone with the ice cream cone. And yeah, and I'm looking <laughs> on my shoulder to see what this guy's looking at. And he was looking at me. Mm. And I just dropped the ice cream cone. Oops, I knocked over the tripod. And I ran and ran and ran. Well, after that point, Every time he was in the village, like if it was crowded, if it was a big, I could sense, and I used to call it my spider sense, I could sense when he was within like a block radius and I would always see him before he saw me. So this developed my growing up you know, in the city as a latchkey kid, pretty much being on my own when I was really young, you know, taking the subways. I mean, I wasn't afraid of anything, but I, I started to really, really um, trust my, my intuition. So I am here. Uh, they say, I mean, they, they never talk about man's intuition. No one ever talks about man intuition. So I guess I must have inherited from my mother. I've always heard about women intuition, like, you know, men, we, we don't got it. So anyway, I decided to do an episode um, with three women. And my intuition tells me that these three women are really intuitive. And we're going to explore. I have a, a 
one very big question that I want to get to, which has to do with uh, intuition. How do you make the distinction between what is wishful thinking mm -hmm. and what is fear? And then what is your intuition? Because I wasn't afraid with my story. I was just aware. I was just so aware and so in the present, but I wasn't afraid because I knew I could run really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here with my lady, Danielle. Hi. How are you? Good to see you again. We're Love the city stories. That's oh, thank we you. share a hometown. Yeah, we both grew up in New York. Yes, and now our current hometown of, uh, well, I'm in East Haddam, you're in Chester, but. Right, Connecticut River Valley. Connecticut River Valley, New York City to the River Valley. And we're hanging out at the Grateful Pony. Yes, we're back. You're back yep. at the Grateful Pony Art and Equestrian Center. And it is a pleasure to see you again and be a part of this amazing, mind-expanding, world-opening, consciousness-creating, fabulous podcast that you've put together. Why, thank you, Danielle. So I'm really pleased that my partner in our equine-facilitated psychotherapy program is sitting here to my left. Camilla Smith. I'll let her introduce sure. herself. Thank you. So yeah, my name's um, Camilla Smith, and I'm also based out of a similar um, Old Saybrook, um, live in Westbrook, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I also own um, a practice called Elation Wellness, which I provide individual um, counseling, family counseling, and um, I'm also partnering with Danny. So we do the equine therapy and we're hoping to kind of um, get a couple programs started. I'm very excited to be here and talk about you know, some experiences and intuition. And I'll pass it over to... Well, wait a second. Yeah. Just yeah. add one more yeah. thing about... Sure. You. Camille yeah. is a... Um, is a, what, a, a mental uh, health and wellness counselor. Yes. So working yes. with... Uh, with children, adolescents, adults, yes. mm -hmm. uh, elders, and and you really try to focus on, uh, you know, on getting them to listen to their intuition. inner voice yes. and their sure. intuition. So yeah. so that's kind of a, and intuition uh, guided us to each other, which we can talk about later. Because really, the core of what you've been discussing throughout, you know, introducing this episode is what I love to refer to as synchronicity, mm -hmm. which guides Absolutely. my life and has brought us together and now us together, us all together. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And also very key yeah. about, uh, you know, the animals, yes. because my oh, introduction yeah. had to do with yeah. animals. And yeah. how they can feel. With, and how yeah. they feel and taking care of cats and, mm -hmm. and spending a lot of time with them. And, and you guys work with animals and children. Yes. And I believe yeah. when Adults, you're a child. Special yeah. needs individuals. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have this openness. Absolutely. Yes. So you need to communicate the special needs uh, individuals intuitively. And the horses communicate. And the horses communicate. Yeah. yeah. So we. I'm excited. So to come back there's to a lot that. of that yeah. going on. Yeah. And our third participant is this session. Is uh, her name is Anna Karabchuk. Yeah. Uh, from Correct. Ukraine, <laughs> she has been uh, visiting. The U.S. for how long? For a year. For a year now, traveling all about. Uh, 
been hitting every corner of the U.S. I met her at the uh, Winter Carnival in my small town of Chester, introduced by a, uh, a mutual friend, and uh, we chatted briefly. Uh, but my takeaway intuitively was that I remember asking you, like, how long are you here for? And you go, oh, indefinitely. Like, I'm not gone. I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I'll see you again. She goes with the flow. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So my take on that was, ah, here's someone who's a free-spirited individual. Can you say aha for Camilla and I? (laughs) Say aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We'll come back to the aha. Uh-huh. We'll come back to aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is someone who is an aha moment. Yep. Free spirited, going with the flow. So when I was put, putting up together this episode with you guys, I was like, wait a second. Here is someone who doesn't really have an agenda in place in her life right now. Right. So she's living in the moment, moment to moment. She's right there. And isn't that more beautiful than having an agenda that isn't emotionally fulfilling? No guts, no glory. Right. That's yeah. right. Right, right. But just being free right. and, and yeah. just following your intuitive voice. So uh, so welcome, everyone. Welcome to Inside Thank the Passion. And uh, Thank you. So, Anna. I'm going to start with you. Do you remember when your first experience with uh, your own relationship with your own intuitive voice began? I think I had it for my whole life, and I was always, always listening to it. Cause, um, Do you remember the first time you heard it? Like what the situation was? I think I was a kid. You probably were. Yeah. Um, I remember when my dad left, I... My mom was crying and I came to her and she was like, I asked her mom, why are you crying? Is it something hurt or something? She was like, yeah, my soul hurts. And I was like, do you have any pills from your soul? <laughs> and she was like, no, and there's no pills from a soul. And that's why I understood that I never want to be hurt and I always have to do what I think is right. Mm-hmm. Now, can you make the distinction between what you think is right and what you feel is right and what you know is right for yeah. you. And it's always different. <laughs> it's always different. Yeah, it's the voices of your brains, of your heart, right? Of your soul. Because this is, I have this constant internal battle yeah. with my heart and and my mind are constantly fighting about like who's going to be the boss, who's going to make the decision, and my soul speaks in a whisper. Mm-hmm. So when my heart and mind are fighting all the time, mm-hmm. I can't hear what my soul, you know, because people say, oh, go with your heart, go with your heart. But sometimes my heart will just go for anything. My heart just wants to experience, and then my mind is protective of my heart, you know, but sometimes my soul needs to go to a place so I can move through it and come out of that experience Mm -hmm. and learn from that and grow. Mm -hmm. And what about you, Camilla? What was your first... So I think I definitely have had several, but there's one that definitely stands out to me. And I think that it was, and so I think growing up, I always said that I wanted to help people. And there was this intuition or intuitive feeling that I was meant to help people, but I didn't know how or what that meant or how I was supposed to be connected to other people other than I want to help people. So I started some journey of helping people, and, and I did, right? So I went to school, I got my undergraduate, my graduate degree, and all that fun stuff. 
So it was my first um, job as a therapist. So I had gone through all my school and um, I was working. It was a Thursday night. Um, I was in a session with a client. My phone kept ringing and ringing and ringing. So I said, you know, I have to pick it up. So I said, okay. So actually I saw a Facebook message um, and it said, your grandfather um, is in a coma. So I was like, hmm, all right, let me take this message. So it was my aunt who told me that my grandfather, who's in Colombia, um, was in a coma because of sugar, uh, had a hyperglycemic attack, and that he basically wasn't going to make it, right? And this is, you know, he's countries away. So I remember I canceled my session. You know, I told the kid, you know, I have an emergency. I need to go. I got home, and I instantly hopped on a plane. Um, and I just told my mom, I need to go. And she was like, where? And I'm like, to Columbia. And she's like, why? At this point, she didn't know because it was my paternal. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm like, well, my grandfather, you know, is going to pass. And she was like, you're going right now? I'm like, yep, um, I got to go. So I found a flight, like, a few hours, um, within, like, four hours. So I just packed a little bag, um, and I just went. You know, even when I was thinking, I was like, oh, you know, what if there's a funeral? And I was like, no, well, if there's a funeral, I'm going to pack a nice dress. So I packed like a, a nice, pretty dress, whatever. Um, the whole flight there, I just remember saying, I just want to get there and see him alive. Like I had no expectation of him. I had no expectation other than just being there. Right. So I remember when I got there, so it was an overnight flight. I didn't sleep when I was on the flight. So when I got there in the morning, um, I was really tired. And he was in like an ICU unit, Mm -hmm. so it was one person at a time could go in, and it was all glass. So I got there, um, but if I backtrack a little bit, um, you know, he always called me his baby, like he had a very special relationship. So when I got there and I kind of saw him, um, instantly, you know, everybody was like, go, go, go in. I was like, no, I can't. And they were like, why? You just flew you know like out you know it's like a six hour flight but overall it had been like a 10 hour journey they're like why can't you go in i'm like i can't like i have this energy that i need to get rid of i need to be in like a good place and they're like okay so i sat outside the room i just sat down and i started breathing and i just felt that i needed to kind of calm myself before i went in there and my family was just like okay so finally i went in there and i didn't speak um, I just held his hand. I, I don't know. I didn't feel the need to speak. Um, he was in a coma. His eyes were closed. And I just held his hand. And there was a doctor in there who told me, like, you know, he's done. I was like, okay. I have no expectation. I just want to be there. So I held his hand. Um, and he started just twitching. I was like, okay, no big deal. But his left, no, his right arm was twitching. I was like, okay. So within, like, 30 minutes, his eyes popped open. And I was like, oh, weird. Like, you know, I'm still being kind of doubtful and thinking this is part of like the dying process so his eyes pop open and i'm like oh okay like kind of afraid of that what's happening um so i started yeah, that was kind of unexpected i mean you don't expect the eyes to just yeah to just pop open right especially when they're telling me he's dying right his eyes pop open and i'm just like oh hey grandpa so i'm like okay this is a great opportunity to tell you how much i love you i'm so happy you know i just start kind of expressing to him how much I love him, but the whole time I just remember having this intention of just giving love, right? I'm like, I just want to give him love, 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 love. Um, and then he started crying. I was like, huh, I think you can, 
hear me and you know and he just he kind of you. yeah he felt yeah. right he started feeling she and then and i was just kind of like hmm okay so then that whole day you know we would talk and then something funny happened that so it it was one person at a time could go in every hour and every time i would leave he would close his eyes and not respond so then my grandmother would go in and he'd close his eyes and not respond and my dad would go in and he would close his eyes and not respond no one at all right so so then they were like wait you going and, and because it was glass i would go in and i would not talk just hold his, his hand and he would pop his eyes open so then my whole family was like what is going on so i was like i don't know but like something's i can't really put my finger on it but something's happening so finally my family was like you know what you stay in there like there's something happening and we don't know what it is i'm like okay me neither um, so that whole day I just spent with him just saying, you know, how much I loved him. Saturday came, um, and I remember that night just thinking in my head that year prior when um, I had been reading a lot about, like, the power of love mm -hmm. and how we could heal people through love. Um, and I just remember thinking, like, wow, what, like, what an opportunity to kind of, I don't know, to give love, right, to give back to him. So then that the next day was Saturday, I went in again, and I kept feeling something every time we touched, but I didn't know what it was. Like it was just this physical thing where he would be sleeping, and I would touch him, and then his vitals would start to stabilize, right? Like his, um, his oxygen mm -hmm. would like, his O2 step, his pulse would stabilize. And then on Saturday, he started to try to, well, he was like blowing, like, what are you doing so finally he gave me a kiss he moved his arm and then put me on his chest and gave me a kiss and he started like kissing me and i was like oh you know and then on sunday he um he started he talking the first thing he said was feeding my cats he yelled he was like who's feeding my cats <laughs> i was like okay his first words was who's feeding my cats so i took a video i was like we're feeding your cats grandpa we're feeding your cats um fast forward a week he was discharged from the hospital because they said he was okay. Um, and then I was only there for one week. So then on Saturday, two weeks before I left, um, I remember him, he told me, he said, you know, you brought me back. And I was like, I, I didn't bring you back. And he said, no, it was, it was you, it was your presence, it was your touch. I, I was fading and I felt you even before you said anything, there was something and you brought me back. And you know, and I love you. And I was like, you know, don't say things like, you know, I was still very like, yeah, I don't, don't know what freak type me of thing. Out, man. Very <laughs> resistant to what yeah. was happening. Like you said before, you, you had a special your, connection. Her, yeah. Her intuitive. And I didn't know what it was, right? So then um, I left on a Monday. And it was, again, like a late flight. So I got home, fell asleep. Within two hours, I got a call that he died. So that same day, I left and then he passed which is okay, you know, um, and actually my father was there while he was passing, he started breathing heavy, so then my father said, you wanna go to the hospital? And he said, no, I got to see my baby, everything's okay. And he passed very peacefully, so it was a very, it was a beautiful experience. But then I started, I remember kind of, it was a very, it was an awakening, awakening, awakening moment for yeah. me, and I was like, something happened, right? And it was this like gut feeling that there was something. So I googled, like energy. literally, I googled yeah. like energy, yeah. like he like touch healing, like, like tears my eyes. I don't even say that. Yeah. So, so I started so, like yeah. just trying to figure out what this was, right? 
And then, like, come to realize that, oh, wow, Reiki, Reiki is a real thing. Reiki. I didn't know that Reiki was a, like, a real thing. <laughs> then I came across Reiki, which is the art of healing through touch. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know this was real. So this is how I came across. You can also administer Reiki without touch. Right. Yeah. And yes. polarity work. Right. Yeah. I mean, just the vibration. Yes. If you're in that yes. great Energy. place, you could just yes. like walk into that room with him. And Absolutely. Right. All of a sudden, he's gonna just feel that. Absolutely. Right. That right. So I would say that that's probably the moment when I felt it the most was just um, seeing kind of the transformation of actual healing take place and like just seeing like yeah, human energy, life, life just kind of it was almost like this balloon or something that's just kind of blossom and you know it was just amazing and it taught me a lot um and as far as intuition i was just going with it like these it was these feelings of like no i'm not supposed to go in there i'm supposed to sit here and ground myself or like no right. i'm not supposed that's... to speak i'm supposed to just hold his hand and right. not talk yeah, like, okay. No, yeah. Exactly. There were all these like moments where I didn't. Even know though why. people, your family were trying to get you in. Right. Like, come on, come on. You were like, no, I. Right. I'm gonna just yeah. stay here and ground myself and get myself in the right. place. Right. So there was no mode of instruction, and I didn't. You know, it was just these like, yeah, just natural kind of feelings. Even though mm -hmm. it didn't make a lot of sense even to me, as to what was happening, or even if I was questioning all of it. In the process because it was new to me i didn't really know what but you were on. listening yeah you were listening yeah. danny just in a minute <laughs> that story just brings tears to my eyes and is so amazingly beautiful um energy healing and just the power of it is so magnanimous um and i know that my intuition and the synchronicities that guide my life um, have brought us all together and I can get to that in a little while. Uh, would you like me to start with I my first? I would like first, to start with the birth first, of the birth your of, intuition. Um, the womb. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Because I don't this know anyone who remembers before be, they were four. I do not. I do yeah. not remember. Um, but my mother's intuition and my grandmother's intuition have been passed down, you know, genetically. You got the through, genetic thing. Yeah, down, so. yeah. So um, I know my birth um, saved my mother. Um, it brought to light illness that she had been struggling with unknowingly. Um, and... She, I, you know, saved my mother by being born. So, and my mother knew it was time to have me. And my, you know, did you come out early? I did a month early. Um, and love healing and energy healing and love and support have always been such a huge part of my upbringing. And I've always been encouraged. My mom has always said, "Listen to your gut," as long as I can remember. Um, Do you ever so, remember a conflict where you had someone trying to pull you one way and yeah, your gut was, an intuition was just so strong, you were so connected to it that you stood firm, very much like what you were talking yes, about? Yes, yes. Um, the f Well, would you like the first that comes to mind? Yes. Okay. So, uh, as you know, growing up in Manhattan is an experience in and of itself. Oh, yeah. You're jaded for life when you realize everything is not open 24 hours everywhere else. <laughs> it rocks your world. 
Um, my mom had got me started with horses when I was six years old. And although I always loved horses, when we left the city, when I was um, going into seventh grade, I was to leave the school that I had grown up in, Ethical Culture Fieldston School. Mm -hmm. You went to, yeah, which you know, you went to a Friends Seminary, seminary, right? Which is another school in Manhattan, uh, structured very much around community, appreciating diversity, culture, um, ethical values, core values, and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful education we are blessed to have received. Yes. Um, So I grew up with the same kids from pre-kindergarten through sixth grade, and we moved to Long Island. And it was a blessing. Everything is a blessing, whether it's in disguise or, you know, whatever. However it comes, I was very unhappy leaving New York, but wound up being able to um, get my first pony, Tuxedo, and I was so thrilled. I'd always, at 11-11, tried to manifest a pony in my life because I would always focus my energy I believe a lot in the power of numbers and intuitively growing up my friend and I would always try and manifest based on the number one which I later come to find out is powerful manifestation number um so I finally got my pony I was so I was so happy um and unfortunately my pony passed um it was a change of environment. Who knows? You know, you really don't know how these things come about. Change of season, change of environment, um, richness of grass he hadn't been used to, and he had been um, a pony I rode at camp, and we got to bring him to this beautiful farm. And whatever it was, tuxedo passed, and I was devastated. And I didn't leave my bed for weeks. I only got up to go to meet Hershey, who was at the time called Bay Horse Number Two. He was a rescue thoroughbred. He now proudly rules the herd at the farm where we are, the Grateful Pony. And so Hershey and I grew up together since I was 12 years old. We've spent the past 17 years. He's been my most stable relationship. (laughs) My My friend got me a sign, if you want a stable relationship, get a horse. It's proudly hanging in the kitchen. So as much as my stable relationship with Hershey really benefited from the country, I knew in my gut I had to return to New York City. I had to. I told my mom, I remember she laughs at me, that um, I said, I just I just want to breathe in bus fumes. I can't. I just want to get back there. Like, I just can't. And she was like, what is wrong with my child? Okay, you know, fine. So I often go back to the city to live with my grandparents who always encouraged my art making. They're wonderful. They've just... My whole family has been so supportive and I'm so lucky, Um, lived with them. And that was my first time that my intuition said, you need to leave where you are. Other than, you know, when you're growing up in Manhattan and you're like, oh, I shouldn't be on the street corner right now. I'm across the park. Yeah, exactly. Because you just, you just, just the street smart, the city, you get that. And, you know, I say it's so funny. I feel more comfortable walking in a, you know, area in Brooklyn that may, you know, be, as some people would consider, 
a little dangerous, you know, or an area in, you know, think of the most dangerous city in the world. I feel more comfortable walking down a dangerous street in a city than I do in the country woods that I don't know at night. (laughs) Because that's just the New Yorker in me. I'm like, I got my street smarts. I'm like, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about but after you've been up here but for a while, here, you a get while, it up yeah. here too. Like you I do. can go in a trail. I mean, you feel I it. Can but it's another feel kind. a coyote or whatever. There's something metaphysical too, though, because there's so much rich heritage. And out here, I'll feel spirits. You know, you feel the energy mm-hmm. of the woods you're in. You feel oh, presence. Sure. You. I've communicated metaphysically with dear loved ones who have passed just from feeling energy. And I think society really doesn't teach us to tap into our intuitive, inherent psychic capabilities that are within all of us. Every single person. Every single person. And there's we operate in this three-dimensional world. We think of um, communication as verbal. We think of um, normal as, you know, these functioning humans who speak to one another and interact in these tangible, audible, you know, visually measurable ways. We have a preconceived notion of how people should look and behave. And all of that is pure garbage, as far as I'm concerned, and limiting us from seeing true beauty, um, the true capability of animals to bring this telepathic communication out is profound. Following one's intuition, um, you know, getting back to that, how I met Camilla, I had been added to a Facebook group. Um, and I have a love, I don't want to say a love hate, I hate to use the word hate, no, I used it twice, but I have a love hate relationship sometimes with technology where I feel it takes oh, so us out of the present yeah. moment. However, Absolutely. there's all these amazing things. Like the fact, the connecting, and then just intuitively, I'll see something online, you know, we have our donkey here hasn't been getting along with our dogs, and we finally, it became a situation where her protector instinct is telling her the dogs are not okay, and we had to rehome her. Lo and behold, I meet a woman within minutes of posting, looking for a home for this donkey, who had just needed to find a donkey, and was looking at a video with her daughter saying... We need to find a donkey companion. Next thing she sees, here's Coda, our donkey. Perfect. Well, back to um, the intuitive meeting with Camilla here. So I belonged, I had been added to this wonderful group, Wellness Professionals of Connecticut, by a therapist with whom I had been um, welcoming to the Grateful Pony. We had been practicing these art therapy sessions, really gaining a lot. She added me to this wonderful group, and it was months before I posted, due to my certification as an equine specialist in mental health and learning, I am qualified to partner with a mental health practitioner in order to create what's called an equine facilitated mental health and learning program where we can incorporate equine facilitated psychotherapy if the partner is a mental health practitioner. You can also partner with an educator, but I really wanted to find a mental health practitioner because I know the benefit of equine therapy and I wanted someone who could understand that. And just intuitively one day it was time to write that post and Camilla had just joined this group and she had taken the workshop that I took to become an equine specialist in mental health and learning and 
we call ourselves business partner soulmates. Mm-hmm. And okay. it's just, we met, we're like, this is it. We operate on the same frequency. Her, our, our energy balances each other so beautifully. We're both so passionate about what we do and have always wanted to incorporate animal therapy mm-hmm. and mindfulness and um, my passion being art, hers being helping others, both of ours being helping others, loving animals. It all just really clicked. So it's just so beautiful to experience. And when we were searching for a name, I remember <laughs> Camilla said, why don't we look up you know, synonyms? Her, her name for her practice is Elation Wellness, which I love is so beautiful. And mine is the Grateful Pony, which is, you know. Both uplifting. Both, both yeah, uplifting, yeah. right. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we need this word. What is our word? Right. What is gonna grab everybody? So here she says, look up synonyms for spirit. I said, okay, this is all within, you know, within what, a couple weeks of meeting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we find synonym avidity, eagerness and enthusiasm. Yes. And what are we? We're healing. And we want the word healing there. So we're avidity, healing, arts, and horsemanship. And then we realize, you know, this sounds good, this sounds good. Our acronym is AHA. Yeah. AHA! This whole time, here I am, you know, I'm certified to work with special needs people. I've been having groups. Our last um, podcast, we were talking about the groups that were going to be coming. And having had these groups come since, I've had wonderful groups of, you know, fabulous, fabulous individuals, special needs individuals, all having these aha moments with the horses, with the donkey, with the dogs, with the chickens, with the farm, just being present in nature. And without the clinical, it's magical. But I don't have that, you know, first of all, I I don't have the clinical training. You know, I always wanted to take this workshop, equine facilitated psychotherapy. um, And I've always been drawn to working in mental health and art therapy is wonderful, equine therapy is wonderful. But I'm like, I need my person. Where's my person to get into? I'm watching these aha moments. Someone needs to, you know, because you can't stop the group and say, you're having an aha moment. Because yeah. then you just ruin the aha moment. Yeah. You're like, yeah. hold that aha. Hold that aha. <laughs> let me, let me like, get my person like, yes, on the phone. You just and ruin the yeah. flow. So, so I'm really yeah. just, we're so thrilled really to be excited. able to have these aha moments, have our... And I think know. another piece is like that we're really excited in general, for us, when you, aha, right, it's like understanding when you have that feeling within you that that's you have intuitive, found something. Yeah. That's intuition. When yeah. you're like, aha, something is happening. It's I don't, the intuitive Maybe I don't know what it is. Yeah. Or maybe I do, but there's something happening. And right. I'm going to go with it. And it's usually that you can't, right, you can't, it's not necessarily logical. No. You can't put your finger on no. it. It's intuitive. It's right. intuitive. Right. Thank you for listening to InsideThePassion.com, Rhythm and Voice. Next episode, the spirit of the intuitive voice, Annie, Camilla, Danny, and myself, we're going to discuss the relationship between the mind, heart, and soul, and what that has to do with listening to your intuitive voice. Next episode, part two, the spirit of intuitive voice on InsideThePassion.com.